Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Sean and Chew Podcast. We are very excited, actually, this time to be with you this week because we get to preview a BYU versus Arkansas football game that will be happening on Saturday. We get to preview the rest of Week 7 with you as well. We have some Embrace the Debate on this episode that you will not want to miss. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know what else is a lot of fun? Interacting with you guys on social media. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal2RoyalPod where you'll find a lot of fun and interactive content. Make sure you're visiting our website, RoyalStrongAndTrue.com, where you will find the weekend watch guides and a couple other fun things that we have been producing. Perhaps Jared with a box on his head as he is right now. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Let's bull. Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over your death, right? Let's back this bowler. Yeah! Ah! Let's go wild, Let's man. Go, baby. Let's go. Welcome back, listeners, to yet another episode of The Best Podcast. Number one, baby. Period. Almost as good of a podcast as Carson Wentz is a lead blocker. Oh, yes. We just witnessed Carson Wentz throw the most ferocious lead block of all time on a linebacker. He pancaked a linebacker. Pancake. D-cleater. Take this man to IHOP. (laughs) First things first, (laughs) listeners, I want you all to grab your nearest rake Uh to, as part of a bigger goal, clean your yard. Okay. The bigger goal would be housekeeping. There we go. The fall leaves are out. Everybody go enjoy them. The most beautiful part about fall is football. Second, of course, all the leaves and everything. So make sure you're checking that out. Specifically, videos of Labradors and Golden Retrievers jumping into giant piles of leaves. Yes, that's also a good one. That That's also very Never good. gets old. Number one. Uh, should we start it off with some... Proper football. Proper football. Proper football. Proper football is life. That was a completely wrong accent. Oh my goodness. Football is life. Our women's soccer team have a home game this Saturday against Portland. Somehow Portland is ranked number 14 in the country. Okay. Because they have not lost all year. Oh, wow. I think they're 9 0 4. Nice. So it's a huge game. This can be a huge resume builder for us if we want an at-large bid, mm-hmm. which is still on the table, but we Didn't got we, some work to do. Didn't we start off like number three in the country or something? Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> our preseason. Hey, it's not our fault they ranked us. I know. <laughs> you know how we feel about preseason rankings. Spam is all about It applies that. to women's soccer as well. Speaking of that, how's, how's our women's volleyball team doing? Are we any good? Oh, I think we're ranked. Are top, we ranked again? Top I think 20 so. or something. Thank Let's go. Pretty good overall, I think. Yeah. Sorry, that's, that's that's bad on me. It's volleyball. It's not proper for Not being aware of the volleyball. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Our women's soccer team? Go women's soccer team. Saturday forever. at 7, big home game. Women's volleyball mm-hmm. ranked number 12. Continue. Mm-hmm. All righty. All right. Now, from proper football, let's move into real football. Let's go, baby. Er, Re- real football? Real football. Semi-real football? Because Semi. we do have to include the NFL in this segment. As you know, on this podcast, we feel very strongly that the NFL 
is not real. No fun league. <laughs> NFL no is league. very similar to birds, uh, just oh. just not real at all. Uh, right now, the Bears and the Commanders are playing. We just talked about the lead block that Carson Wentz through. But yeah. at the same time, going on Thursday, we have some college football going on. So let me ask you guys. If there's Thursday night football and Thursday night college football, what's the percent chance that you tune in to the NFL over college football? For me, that would depend on the score of the games. Okay. Okay. Does and anyone have those numbers up? I, I do. Would you like me to read them? Please. Which one would you like first? The NFL game or the... Let's mm-hmm. do the NFL first. Let's hear NFL, yeah. Right? Okay. Get a good baseline. It is currently 12 to 7. Did they miss the extra... What? How did it... What the... <laughs> it is 12 to 7. Um, for the Commanders, okay? 721 in the fourth. Both of the college games have gone final. Okay. Let me tell you the scores of those. So 12 to 7 in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. In the fourth right. quarter. Yeah, now so college. Almost over. The college. UCF with the space U uniforms, the Citronauts. Mm. Yep. Um, 70 to 13. Good heavens. Over Temple. 70 points. John Rice Plumley had four passing touchdowns on 8 of 22 passing for 375 yards. 18 of 22. Eight, yes. I was going to say 8 of 22. Oh. <laughs> 18 of 22. Seven touchdowns. <laughs> yes. Um, and then he had, also had three on the ground. And then Baylor just lost Baylor to lost. West Virginia. No. What? 43 to 40. Gosh dang it. Why are they this? Suck, why are they, the that BYU sucks. curse. Get BYU this. Curse. Get yeah. this, okay? Baylor scored a touchdown to go up 37 to 31. Okay. The PAT gets blocked and returned for two points. No. Okay. That is a three-point swing, yeah. right? If they make it, that's one, but they lost two. And then they ended up losing by three. So that Ugh. that PAT actually was the difference in the game. Horrible. That is absolutely disgusting. How do you lose a what? You lost to JT Daniels. <laughs> West Virginia is so bad. Oh my but gosh. Both teams scored more points than the Bears and Commanders will score combined today. Yeah. Like two times over. Easily. Two times over. <laughs> yeah, uh, NFL sucks. Yeah. I, I probably wouldn't have watched the blowout in UCF Temple. But. Of course, you, I gotta watch that Baylor West Virginia game. That sounds like it was some absolute madness. So it was wild. It was very good. Yeah. Speaking of the Big Twelve, oh, ooh, there's, nice been transition. Some, there's been some news the about the future scheduling ooh. once BYU joins in the conference expanse. Ooh. Big time. Yeah. So Sports Illustrated says Big Twelve is finalizing a scheduling model that features no divisions. Mm. Good. Protects rivalries Ooh, very good. and includes Texas and Oklahoma in 2023 and 2024. Okay. And as part of that system, every school would play all other schools at least once at every two years. I like that. That's, that's how to do that's it. That's great. That's how to do it. That is absolutely how you do it. That means like every year, I mean, at least every, what, three years you're going to get a home and away with every single team. Yeah. Which is absolutely incredible. I mean, it's not like, you know, dumb little SEC town where... <laughs> What was who was it like? Georgia and Alabama haven't played. Yeah, Georgia mm. has never played at Texas A and M since that's Texas A and M joined, yeah. like ten years ago or something. Yeah, that's wild. Um, but yeah, that's really good. This apparently will be a temporary like scheduling model, obviously until Texas or Oklahoma leave. Um, and I wonder if they'll keep it the same or if this is kind of like a trial period to see if mm. they want to do no divisions with protected rivalries or maybe they want to do pods. So I'm excited yeah. to see what happens after that as well. Yeah, I mean, I think you got you kind of got to feel out what the rivalries are in these first couple of years too, as these new teams join, because they're leaving their rivalries behind in their old conferences. 
are coming to this new conference and maybe new hatreds will form. Who knows? You know, will we end up with Iowa State in football like we did in basketball? It doesn't oh, yeah. seem like a very natural rivalry to me, but maybe some other things will happen. It's going to be a weird trial period. Let's just enjoy it. But it's exciting, right? This is the most competitive league in college football, as we've seen this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's awesome that everybody is going to have to play everybody at least once every two years. Yeah, and I think it's exciting for BYU fans because it starts to feel more and more real yes. the more they work out these details. Definitely. More real. Yes. Yes. More real football. <laughs> uh, everybody reach into your uh, back pocket, mm-hmm. maybe your purse, I don't know, and pull out the case. The case that holds the blue goggles. Because okay. we got a big blue goggle alert going on right now on the podcast. Yes, sir. Now, let, let us be the first to tell you, these blue goggles are not ours. Nope. <laughs> right now, our goggles are a very, very light shade of blue. Yes, compared the, to these, oh, they're like 1% blue. Yes. The darkest shade of blue possible is found on Ed Lamb's face, who at a booster event said that he, quote, fully expects to win the Big 12 next year. End quote. How do you guys feel about that? I think he should probably get his head checked out or something. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way we win the whole Big 12 next year, as much as I would love that to happen. Put him in the protocol. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, if we are 4-2 and two at this point, mm-hmm. what is to say we're going to win the Big 12 next year? Yeah. And I, I don't know. He must know things that we don't. Maybe he does. Or maybe he's just Hopefully. trying to get money from the boosters. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I'm that seems much more like... I mean, as, you're a co- as a coach, you got to say what you got to say, right? Yeah, what can you say? Like, we'll be last next year? <laughs> no one's got to say that. Yeah, but Mark like, Pope hasn't said anything about basketball. So. <laughs> he's not on the record. <laughs> Which is like, it's weird because like, I don't know, next year, obviously we won't have Jaron Hall, and we don't have a quarterback that we can even trust to put in when Jaron Hall is playing likely with a separated shoulder and hasn't practiced all week versus Notre Dame. So the, I honestly I'd be happy if we won one or two Big Twelve games next year. I will be happy as long as we beat uh, TCU, UCF, since the teams that we're kind of vying with for position, right? Yeah. I want to beat the new teams and I want to beat at least a couple of the incumbents, right? And obviously Texas and Oklahoma. Now don't yeah. get us wrong, I think we all think that BYU will be competitive in the Big Twelve soon. Yes. Right? Yes. Just not right away. They will not be winning next year. Yes. Yes. Like, take Utah, for example. When they joined the measly Pack X, Yeah. it took them, what, eight years, right? Is it eight Eight years? Something ten like ten that. years? Something, yeah. I don't know. It took them nine years to win their first big or first Pack X title, and they weren't competitive for like four or five of those years. So I, I think BYU will, will have a similar adjustment period. This reminds me of a mission story. Oh. There was a couple churches in my mission that had basketball hoops. Okay. Okay. Some of them were kind of smaller, carpeted gyms, you know. Yeah. 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 But one P day we were shooting around. There's this guy from New Zealand, I want to say. Yeah. He had a kind of a funky shot, a lot of arc on it. <laughs> well, one day we're shooting around. He shoots it, it goes straight up into the ceiling. <laughs> and then he says, it "Just needs a slight adjustment." <laughs> That's what we're gonna be experiencing. We'll be needing some slight adjustments when we enter the Big Twelve. Just, it'll be it'll, slight it'll adjustments. Only be a slight. Years. That's all. Yeah, very slight. Straight up into the ceiling. Honestly, my hot take is that we will be in the top three of the Big Twelve our second year in it. 
Okay. That I, is a hot take. I honestly Scalding. think we will be. Okay. I, I really do think that we will be. Uh, I think we could be top five within third year. Okay. okay. I, I'm with Dan. I think by the third year, we'll be top half for sure. Maybe top four. Maybe I'll say, I'll say the, top four. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll be like a step below Dan, who's a step below Justin. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say we'll be top half in three years. Okay. You know, I, I think that'll be kind of where we're at. And we'll be like, all right, we're in the top half. Now let's move up to the next year. All right. Speaking of slight adjustments, mm. Kalani this week has been extremely frustrated with how the season is going, how the last couple games have gone. Yep. And he said in one of his press conferences this week, it's not the players, so let's not get mad at the players. And that means it's the coaches. Yeah. So Who else would it be? <laughs> He seems very frustrated the with, with the coaches, uh, A-Rod and Tuiaki, obviously. Um, is he going to make staffing changes after this year? Hmm. Something in my BYU heart of hearts is telling me that this culture is too love and learn mm-hmm. for heads to roll in the first place. But then I remember he did fire Ty Detmer. That's true. Yes. It, it took him a while. Thank goodness. It took him four and seven. It took him too long, but he did <laughs> fire Ty Detmer eventually. I don't know. It, it kind of mm. seems like he likes Tuiaki and he likes Tuiaki's coaching style. And we've had conversations on the on this podcast in the past that honestly, I think Tuiaki is doing okay with what he has. But I do feel like he is very frustrated with Aaron Roderick, mm. and I feel like the whole fan base is pr- is frustrated with Aaron Roderick. We can all attest to that. Yes. One. Let me be clear. I think Aaron Roderick is an incredible quarterback coach. Helped Zach Wilson. Is helping Jaron Walk Jaron Hall currently. And my ideal situation is that he gets demoted back to quarterbacks coach and a new offensive coordinator is hired that mm. he would work under. Now, does is he able to swallow his pride and take that? Honestly, if you're a coach that's come to that position, probably not. At that point, you probably leave. Especially if he takes a pay cut. So it's a dangerous game to play, but honestly, I would not be surprised to at least see a token analyst have their head roll at the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> Kalani just fires somebody. Just you're some, done! Some dude. A student intern. <laughs> Yeah, I think if we can turn things around this season, kind of right the ship, no one's going to be fired, which might not be my (laughs) preference. (laughs) Because you don't want to have just a disappointing season that ends decently after a disappointing season. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it all depends on how these next few games go. We are joining the Big 12. Salaries, I'm assuming, will increase yeah. substantially. Yep. God bless <laughs> So America, there might please. be more options on the table for us. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how the season goes. Yeah, I've, I, this has been ringing in my head ever since we talked about this. The devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Mm-hmm. Right? And, I like, we've seen flashes from A-Rod. Like, he's we called have. some amazing yeah, games. We really yeah. have. Yep. Like, I remember specifically, like, the Utah game – that was very well called last year, correct? Yeah. I, I thought we had full He's had his, his open hand. There were even moments in the Notre Dame game that he called beautiful plays, like that one touchdown pass early in the game. Yeah. Incredible play call. Yeah, and, and I feel like it works like half the time, but then he just has these stinkers of games and quarters and moments, especially the first half this year. We've been terrible. Um, so I don't know. I feel like Kalani, the vibe I get from Kalani is that he's a little like too nice to go in there and, and like, crack some heads, you know? And I feel like, I I don't know if he's getting to the point where he realizes I need to do that or if there's going to be another way around where he doesn't have to do that but can still motivate his coordinators to get the best out of him. I don't know. 
Would I like to see a change? Yes. I'm just going to whisper it, though. Yeah. Uh, because I know that it could be worse. If a change were to happen, I would not be sad. I'll put it that yeah. way. Yeah. I'll put it that I way. I think we could all agree. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not calling for anyone's job immediately because I think definitely A-Rod has the upside as a coordinator. I think so as well. Tuyaki I'm less convinced about, but, I mean, he hasn't been horrible. All the time. All the time. <laughs> so, yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, to me, honestly, like, our, we've been doing pretty well defensively this year. I mean, we, we've held opponents to 26 points, 24 points, 26 points, 28 points, which in this era of college football is okay. It's That's got to be good enough to win. That's respectable. Especially yeah. with our offense. But other than the South Florida game, we have scored 26 20, and then you know that we scored some garbage time points against oh. Wyoming and Utah State, 38 and 38, yep. and then only 20 points against Notre Dame. So in the three Power 5 opponents we have played, we have scored an average of 22 points per game. That isn't enough. No. Nope. No, boy, no. Not enough. Yeah, that that's not going to win you any games. No, that's it's not. not. win you any games. It is absolutely not. So honestly, I'm more disappointed by our offense. I do think, like Dan was saying, Aaron Roderick does have upside. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't. I want to see how he does these next six games because I do think Kalani is trying to send a message at this point. Yes, he's trying oh, to definitely. say, "I am not satisfied with what's going on. The fan base is not satisfied. We need to make these changes." So hopefully, fingers crossed, they get made. Yeah, I think these next couple games will determine what's going to happen. Right? If our offense looks like it has the last four weeks, last month, for the next month of the season. A-Rod might not finish out the season, right? Kalani is pissed. This is probably the most mad I've ever seen Kalani, right? Yeah. Every single interview. He's Every like, post-game interview. He's mad. So, I don't know. I'm excited to see. This Saturday, we have a big-time matchup that will maybe decide the success of our season. It's probably the most important game we have left. Yes. Definitely. Absolutely. This is a turning point game. We win this game, and we win it handedly, and I think we're on cruise control for the rest of the season, and we can actually, like... Make some noise. We lose this game. We drop the four and three. I think there's going to be some real frustration in the fan base. This game is the BYU Arkansas game, which will be taking place Saturday in Provo at 1:30 p.m. At what time you said? 1:30. It's a day game. It's a day game. Day game. Uh, just to remind you all, in our last eight games at 1:30 Mountain, we are three and five. Oof. Great. And in the Kalani era, we are 15 and 16 in day games. Great. Below 500. Mm-hmm. That is below. That is not good, mind you. Not good. That's not what you hope for. <laughs> no. <Nope>. Not good. <laughs> um, but we do have some news. BYU this week has made some adjustments oh. prior to the halftime. Huh? <laughs> you said what now, Jared? Yes. They are getting up earlier. They are uh-huh. lifting before practice, which is in the afternoon. I know. It's wild. Hopefully, according to uh, the players and coaches, the sports scientists oh, yes. say that this will get our guys ready for the day game. Exercise. I think it was very interesting. I, I believe it was Ben Bywater. One of the linebackers was saying something in an interview where they, they he admitted to the fact, like, you know, it's harder to get up for ga- for day games because when we have an 8.15 p.m. game, we have to start getting up, ready to go, at like 4.15 p.m. But these 1.30 games, we're waking up at like 6.30 and you have to immediately get pumped. Mm-hmm. You don't have any buffer time. So to all the haters out there, especially the people I was arguing with Twitter, on, on Twitter with, 
it's real. The day game difference is real, and BYU has ten has tended to struggle with it. Let's hope it changes. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the game time. Mm. Let's talk about one of the other most important things, which mm-hmm. is the uniform matchup. Very important. BYU is going with the wideout. Ooh, love Ooh, it. Baby. But with a little twist. Mm. For the first time ever, they have those hand-painted helmets you've seen. Ooh. Oh. It's like blue helmet, white face mask. On one side, it's got a lovely cougar, like the one in that KSL video that looked like a spider or something that's <laughs> running through the canyon. On the other side, it's got Mountain Pinogus, I think. Some mountain. Yeah, the, Some the Wasatch. The Wasatch Mountain. The power of the Wasatch. The power of the Wasatch. <laughs> yeah, what do you guys think of this uniform we've got? Uh, I'm going to be frank with everyone. Last year, Utah's hand-painted helmets for the USS Salt Lake oh, City, yes, whatever the shit is. Yeah. Up close, it's cool. You can see the story. Mm-hmm. On TV, it made me want to vomit. Oof. It was bad. It did not look good on TV. Every hand-painted helmet that I've seen that's played with does not look good on TV or from the stands. They look great up in person, and it's very cool. But hand-painted helmets just don't look good on TV. When you're looking, unless it's like a close shot, right? So I think from far away, because it's like, it doesn't pop, it's not a different color, it's just a deeper shade of blue, I think the helmets are just going to look like dirty, like they rolled around in the mud and then got run over by a car. Okay. That That's my take on, on these, you know, like I love it, I love the whiteout, I think whiteouts are amazing, especially like for a game like this, it's great. Um, I'm just not super high on these hand-painted helmets. So you think the BYU equipment staff is like Kip and Napoleon Dynamite, you know, trying to demonstrate the strength of the helmet and just backing over it with his car? Exactly. Hand-painted, right? Honestly, I, I think that they're pretty cool up close. I will say that. I will say this. Jared's right. They don't look incredible on television, but mm-hmm. the players seem to love them. It's generated a lot of hype from players and a lot of hype from recruits as well. True. I've seen plenty of recruits yeah. retweeting, quote-tweeting, like, posting pictures of these helmets saying these are heat these are awesome and in this day and age of college football and recruiting you need to do like you need to do stuff like that in order to stay relevant and in order for there to be excitement around your program so i'm glad BYU's doing it yeah i I think hand-painted helmets in general i mean i don't think they're meant for playing on the field Mm. but they can look very cool yeah and like justin said if it generates excitement for recruits and for players, if it makes them play harder, more excited, whatever, I'll take it. Right? Just win, baby. Yeah. <laughs> They'll sell them as collectibles after this game. See, that's yeah. that's why I would want one, right? They're sick collectibles. They yeah. do look nice. They look very nice. Uh, I was talking to my brother Jacob, um, and he has embraced the Navy. I know. Excuse me? Heinous. He heinous. what? It's because he goes to Utah State. It's because he goes to Utah State, obviously. But he says he embraces it not because of anything else except for the fact that more uniforms, more combos gets more recruits. And I think okay. in this day and age, like you said, Justin, it does. It's the, If we have Navy and we have all of those combos, like recruits like that. Like recruits like having more uniforms, more combos. Although I do not like playing in the Navy, especially against G5 opponents, yep. I will submit hmm. that it is better for recruiting when we have hand-painted helmets, we have blackout uniforms, we have Navy and Royal Along with the white. Okay, I have a petition then. Okay. And maybe they, they say we're bandwagoners for doing this. But we, I say, abolish the Navy. Not not, not the military Navy, but the Navy color. We <laughs> abolish the Navy. We, we defund the Navy. 
and then we instead we replace it with like a baby sky blue. Mm. As long as it's different enough from the royal, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, something similar, obviously not the exact same color, but something similar to UNC. Okay, okay. I think it could look pretty cool. I think it could too. I don't know. I gotta say, I think our royal plus navy would look better than UNC's powder blue plus navy. Yes, 100%. Yes, I agree. It's always looked a little weird to me, honestly. Yeah. It looks like old 50-year-old Argyle socks. It does, yeah. <laughs> I think we could do it much better. I completely agree. Should we get back to the actual game at hand? Yeah, let, let's yeah, move let's on get... from uniforms and let's talk about injury updates. Well, Jack, you that are more in the know with your internship, why don't you tell us a little bit? I see. Can I just say that I hate that we have to do this every single game? Yep. It is so frustrating. At the Notre Dame game, I'm reading off the injury update to like my uncle and my cousin and my dad and my brother and Kinley. And Jacob's like, where are we at that every game we have to read off a list of 10 people to see if they're playing or not? Feel the same way. KJ Jefferson of Arkansas expected to play. Uh-huh. And for BYU, Chase Roberts was a full participant in practice this week, expected to return. Dan, Dan is not happy right now. We cannot tackle Justin Fields. <laughs> Our defense is in shambles. Did he score? There's a flag on the play. No, I, think I think it's a hold. Okay. And there's a flag. So hopefully it's a hold. I think it's a hold. Chicago. He was scrambling for a long time. Let's see. He just had like a 40 yard scramble before this. So. Oh. Did they, oh, did they, wave it they waved it off. Oh, good heads. Okay. <laughs> Back to the injury report. Chase Roberts obviously didn't play in the Notre Dame game. Neither, neither did Miles Davis. Mm. Miles Davis is trying to get back. Questionable. Chase Roberts has been upgraded to probable. Mm. Probable, right? So you uh, know these mean absolutely nothing. Nothing but at all. Nope. It's just verbiage. We'll say it. Uh, we did lose Josh Larson and Tavita Gagne. Uh, they're both gone for the season. That's a linebacker and a DL. Uh, as far as Blake Mangelson, uh, he is probably not going to be back this game, but will be back the next week. Hopefully, he is also a D lineman. Interesting. Yeah, I, I do expect to see Chase Roberts in this game, just from what um, A Rod has been saying in his post practice interviews. It would be great to see him back on the field. Uh, it's sad that he got hurt, kind of banged up in that Oregon game where he just got like absolutely bullied. By you know those Oregon DBs, we saw it happen all game. He was long. on his butt half the game. But yeah, it's it's sad. It feels like our team is very fragile. But hopefully we can you know stay healthy. Jaron Hall, we should add, is playing. Apparently yes. he says he's getting closer to 100% health. It is speculated. This is absolutely not a fact. So take this with a grain of salt. It is speculated that he is playing with a little bit of a separated shoulder. Uh, did you guys hear that he only practiced one game, one day in between the Utah State and the Notre Dame game? That's ho- that's horrific, and yet he still played. I, yeah. I don't know. That just that tells me we do not have a lot of faith in Jacob Conover. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? You can't practice one time and expect to beat Notre Dame. Yeah. <laughs> and he clearly had his worst game of the season. Yeah. Clearly. I think that definitely contributed to it. The lack of preparation, maybe the health as well. He's had another week to get ready. Hopefully, he can be better. Hopefully, he's been practicing. He, he has been. Every every day this week, he's been a full right. participant. He's been, so yeah. that's good. He's, he's, he's full back full this week. Okay, good. So, yeah, hopefully all that stuff is behind us and he can be the Jaron Hall he was for the first four weeks of the season. That's enough injury talk. Let's get a little bit more into the game. Let's start out with Arkansas. Okay. Now, Arkansas is a good team. They're 3-3 three and three right now, but take that with a grain of salt because according to uh, – I forget what the exact name of the... Sargon? Yes. I don't know really how to pronounce it. According to them, they have the number one strength of schedule in the entire nation. 
Their secondary has been pretty beat up and is struggling this year. They are 127th in passing defense, 120th in total defense, 108th in scoring defense, 99th in pass efficiency defense, and 88th in yards versus uh, yards per run allowed. <laughs> That's bad. That's very that bad. is really bad. And on top of that, they have allowed 18 passes of 30 plus yards this season. Good for second most in the FBS. That's insane. These DBs injured. Oh, oh, wait, wait. Nope, they call him short. They call him short. They call him short. <laughs> the no ba- review it, but they call him short. The Bears just went for on fourth and inches on the goal line, and they call it short. All right. Uh, <laughs> this is very entertaining. It may not be high scoring, but it's kind of like. It sure is exciting. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of talking. They called first down Washington. It's no Baylor West Virginia game, but it's still Let's fun. See Let's see. Good defense. Oh, no, he's in. Uh, what, where do you count it? Oh, he bobbled oh, it. Oh, he bobbled it. He bobbled it. it. And he controls it, but it's short. No, yeah, he controlled it short. It's short. He controlled it short. Great wow. podcasting. Um, okay. Anyway, everybody, so Arkansas's defense very bad. Their defensive secondary has been almost as riddled with injury as our team has been. They are down to second and third stringers across the board, and obviously it is not working out for them. They suck at defense. However, I ran... Our offense numbers and their defense numbers, although they have very bad metrics on their defense, we are very average on offense. Mm. So we should be able to exploit it, but I don't know if we're going to be be able to exploit it in enough of a way that gives us a touchdown advantage, a two-touchdown advantage. Yeah. Are we going to make a bad defense look good again? I'm feeling pretty bullish about our passing offense this game. Let's go, Dan. Hype I'm us bullish. Up. I've got some blue goggles coming out. Okay. I think Jaron Hall can slice these guys up and our receivers. We've got a lot of great receivers, True. haven't we? We haven't even had the best games out of Puka and Gunner as well. No. We barely had games. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw this stat on Twitter. and Sorry, sorry to cut you off, Dan. But yeah. I'm just going to share the stat because it's relevant to what you were saying. Good stat. Gunner and Puka were projected to be our top two wide receivers coming into the season. Uh, by yes. far and away, right? Like, yeah. Six games into the season, they have combined for nine catches. <laughs> what? Nine total catches between the two of them. Are you serious? Halfway through the season? Halfway through the season. Granted, they haven't been on the field for most of that. But yeah. still, that's that's baloney. Yeah. Sorry, Dan. Go ahead. Um, all I have left to say, Gunner or Puka, I think, can have a breakout game. Jared okay. Hall's gonna pass for three hundred plus yards. Three hundred plus. Give him the triple century. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, I'm feeling good about our matchup against their defense. Hey, they are averaging three hundred and seven point two yards per game allowed through the air. Yeah. So if Jaron can at least play to their average, <laughs> he'll he get definitely get that. Plus Jaron Hall is good when he's healthy in practices. <laughs> our O line is good at blocking the passes only. So let's see. Let's see how they do. I see one scenario in which that can't happen, though. Let's say we take a touchdown lead in the halftime. Okay. And the entire second half, we just try to bleed the clock like we always do. That's very possible. <laughs> hey, That's the way we've started too, games, too we're going to start out down 14-3, to three, and then in the third quarter, we'll explode for like 28 points. Yeah. Jaron Hall goes on a Heisman campaign, and we win the game by one. <laughs> by what? That's that. Um, I got a nugget for you guys Ooh, about okay. this. Can we tug some nugs? Let's tug some nugs. Uh, Arkansas, 
averaging 29.5 points per game in scoring offense. That is okay. good for 73rd nationally. Okay, bottom uh, half. Yep, BYU averaging 26.7 points allowed per game. 73rd in the nation. Ooh. 73rd and 73rd. It's like it was a match made in heaven. Wild stat. I don't it doesn't mean it. I don't know no, what it that, means. That's beautiful. That's it's, it's just interesting. Yeah, yeah. Good that's beautiful. <laughs> now that we've talked a little bit about Arkansas's offense, let's get a little more in depth to what they do as a unit. This Arkansas team loves to run the football. Ooh. Yep. They run the ball an average of 49 times per game. That's good for 233. Point eight yards per game on the ground. That's also fourth most in the FBS. Behind, guess who? The service academies. Okay. So yeah. it's essentially we're playing a service academy. <laughs> they run the football. They do. Yeah, and uh, guess what? They have the 11th best rush offense by yards per game. Mm. BYU has the 100th rush defense in the country. We uh, allow almost 175 mm. yards per game, so yeah. I do not like that matchup. <laughs> I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I do. 100% agree, yeah. Daniel. Uh, Us scoring by passing, Arkansas scoring by running. Yes. It's going to be a fun game for betters because they're going to be like, how long are these possessions going to take? BYU's going to score quickly. Arkansas is going to march down the field, going eight yards a rush, <laughs> trying to calculate how many possessions are in the game. Uh, I, I agree with you, though, Dan. It's going to be high-scoring. Yeah. Now, Arkansas does have a passing offense. It's not great, but they do have one. <laughs> they do have one. Yes. They don't pass a lot, but when they do, it's efficient. In fact, they run the ball 50 times a game, pass the ball 25 times a game. They literally run the ball twice as much as they pass it. That's insane in this day and age. I know, that's And on absurd. average, they outgain themselves on the ground than in the air. Service Academy, I'm telling you. Which is wild, but they do complete 61% of their passes and a 10-3 to touchdown-to-interception ratio on the year. Yeah, and K.J. Jefferson, their starting quarterback, loves to run the ball. He's averaging 62.4 rush yards per game, which is almost as much as our leading rusher, Chris Brooks. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he averages like eight more yards per, He's per game. He's a quarterback. Yeah, he, he takes 16 carries a game, averages almost four yards a carry. That's on the ground. Through the air, he's actually a very good passer. 66.1% completion percentage, just behind Jaron. But in pass efficiency, pass efficiency, wow. And in yards per attempt... He outdoes Jaron in both of those categories. Obviously, wow. Jaron hasn't had the best last two games, but KJ Jefferson playing at a great level, both passing and yeah. throwing the ball. He's good. He's good. And maybe the last thing about Arkansas's offense, they're a fast-tempo team in the whole nation. They're 21st in the fastest tempo. Oh, which is interesting because they run the ball so much. Yeah. But yeah. they still go up tempo. They just run yeah. it and run it and run it down your throat. Our defense has their work cut out. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. Uh, I would like to say one thing. Okay. Um, in the red zone, uh, BYU has the 63rd best run red zone defense. Okay. Arkansas, the 116th red zone offense. Oh, oh that's nice. Okay. So it's very interesting to me. They've that's been in nice. 26 times, but only scored 19 times. Okay. Four of those field goals, 15 of them were touchdowns. 12 of their red zone touchdowns, red zone scores, were rushing TDs. So as soon as they get into the red zone, you know they're not gonna they're not gonna be airing it out at all. They're going to pound the rock. That's that's a very interesting note. Honestly, scoring within the red zone, you need to have a good offense to do that. And it appears that Arkansas's offense, while competent, is not great, they which have... is a problem. 
because we tend to make <laughs> mediocre offenses look great. Yes. yes. They've had, in, in those 26 trips inside the red zone, over the six games, they've had seven trips where they come away empty. That's at least once per game they get into the red zone and don't score anything. Yeah. That yeah. is going to have to happen for BYU to beat Arkansas. We will need to stop them in the red zone when they just buckle down and say, we're going to run the ball five times or four times. We're just going to run it on first down, second down, third down, fourth down. We need to be able to stop them and force them to come away with empty trips in the red zone if we want to win this game. Yeah, and I think against Notre Dame, our defense did a decent job at that. Yeah. They got put in a lot of tough situations with turnovers and bad field position and whatnot. And they still prevented Notre Dame from you know, running up the score against us. Yeah. So I think they're capable of making those stops in the red zone as long as they can stop the run. Yeah. yeah. Does anybody else have some uh, some nuggets or information about the the game preview? I got I got one if you guys I do have a couple nuggets. Okay. okay. Let's let's hear some nuggets. So the reason we need to do those things that we're talking about, get those stops within the red zone is because our offense has been struggling so much. This comes from Cougar stats on Twitter. Uh, we are currently in rush yards in a quarter, in the second quarter, 131st in rush offense. That is fantastic. So that means fantastic. in the second quarter, we literally have the single worst rush offense in the entire nation. James Madison was in FCS school last year, and they have a better rushing attack in the second quarter than we yeah. do. Yeah, and they're ranked. JMU. And they're ranked. Rank them. So yeah, hopefully we do better on that. Hopefully we do better passing as well, because we only completed nine passes against Notre Dame. That's gotta be. That sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. How does that possible? The last time we did that is in that Poinsettia Bowl versus Wyoming when it was literally Ooh. torrentially downpouring yeah. outside. <laughs> and yeah, we was, were in a dome. That was a bad game. For we sure. were in a freaking dome. <laughs> Very bad game. We need to bounce back. We do need to bounce back. This is the last nugget I'll include before we get to a couple more fun things. Uh, versus Notre Dame, BYU only ran forty-six plays. That's pretty bad. According to Ralph Skolowski, Sofolowski, okay. something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Sofolowski. Kalani teams are 0-5 with fewer than 50 offensive snaps in a game. I I mean, that makes sense, right? Yeah. If you're not even going to run, like, half as many plays as a service academy, you're you're doomed. Let's not do that. I. That's a good plan, Daniel. <laughs> so the key to winning this Let's game, not do that. hire this man. Running plays. Yeah. Sustained drives. Yes. Give your defense a break. Will uh-huh. BYU, will BYU have more one and outs or three and outs this game? <laughs> That's a question. Uh, let's move on. Let's That's move. a question. We had, we had, okay. Okay. We had more one and outs against Notre Dame than we did three and outs. Is that ridiculous or is that ridiculous? We had two one and outs. Wow. Yeah. That's. That's horrible. Mind-boggling. Okay. Um, next, since two thousand. Uh, this is just a little nugget for you guys. Since two thousand, right. Arkansas is zero and three when playing west of Texas. Oh, okay. with losses to number one USC. Fair. Yeah. UNLV uh-huh. and Colorado State. What? <laughs> Colorado State used to be good, so I can see that at least. Yeah. But UNLV? I'm just saying there's a chance. There's a chance. telling me there's a chance. SEC teams do not travel west and win. Nope. Oh, they do not. A uh, little note on the game. Chocolate Cougar Tails. Mm. Oh, yeah. BYU Dining Services is rolling out Chocolate Cougar Tails for the game. Breaking news. How do you guys feel about that? I feel like it's disrespectful <laughs> to the Maple Cougar Tail. <laughs> Honestly, yes. Preach, Dan. The Maple Cougar Tail is a staple of BYU sports. 
mm-hmm. for I don't know decades. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you how long. Yep. But it's it's there for a reason. It's good. It looks like a cougar's tail. Yes. True. Which yes. chocolate does not. That's exactly what I was going to say. I don't know what they're thinking with this. Dude, they need to call it like a panther tail or a puma tail or something. Because yeah. it ain't a cougar tail. Cougar nope. log. It looks like a, a razorback <laughs> tail. It's not very razorback appetizing. Tail. Tail. <laughs> no, was, that's my honest opinion. You can't call it a cougar tail because it doesn't look like a cougar no, tail. No, you can't yeah. call it's just a cougar tail. a big chocolate bar. That's all it is. Yep. Nope. I'm out. I'm out on chocolate cougar so, tails. I know I'm like Lame. a boomer on this. And apparently they used to sell like... Blue cougar tails that were like had like almond flavored frosting before like Thanksgiving time. Apparently that was a thing. Huh. What is that? I don't know. It, it, apparently cougar, it used to happen. Cougar what? That's it, weird. Cougar. I didn't think of it. I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just not possible. Cougar. <laughs> it does not. Compute. Cougar water. Cougar water. Cougar so water. We got cougar log. <laughs> cougar water. <laughs> um, all right. Last thing about the game. The game is officially sold out. Do you guys think the Great. stadium will be full? Mm, I think it'll be close. It's not a weeknight game. Mm-hmm. It's a yep, Saturday. Casuals. It's not a super late game on Saturday either, which you know we've talked about. But <laughs> it makes it easier for people to come. I think. Yeah. Uh, I I I hope that it is full, but I don't know if it actually will be full. Yeah. I think it'll be close. Probably not completely full, but you know, pretty close. Kind of like a Virginia game from last year, like sixty thousand. Yeah. Fifty nine. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it'll be like ninety five percent full. It's just I feel like a lot of scalpers bought up these tickets thinking it was gonna be like a huge top twenty five matchup and it ended up not being. Yes, and now nobody wants to go because both teams suck. But I do think it'll yeah. be like at ninety five percent capacity. Uh anyway, let us get a little bit Tipsy. Hey, hey. <laughs> that's our Mountain Dew cans that we're just tapping over here. Ooh, that was a good one. Nice. A little pop. Aluminium. Dan is getting very tipsy over here. His commanders just won. Yes. 12 to 7. 12 to 7. Clap it up for Dan, Carson Wentz, Sax Milne. It was a shootout, or I mean, a, a rivalry. Careful, Dan. You'll get canceled that. for that. Yeah, you'll get canceled for that. Can't say that. Um, all right. Uh, let's just start it off right now. With the Tipsy 10. So, there are a lot of good games this weekend. Go yeah. check out the Weekend Watch Guide on uh, royalstrongandtrue.com, at Jared Buckeye, at Pod and Instagram on Twitter. Um, that'll get you through the weekend because even though there are a ton of really good games that we will cover in our Tipsy 10, there are a lot that we will not cover. For example, James Madison at Georgia Southern. Yep. Mm-hmm. I would watch out for that one. Number That's... 25, James Madison. Yes, excuse <laughs> me. Don't you forget to put some respect on their name. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a great weekend of college football. Uh, let's just hop right into it. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's get tipsy. So, Fox Big Noon Saturday, for the fourth week in a row, are going to a Michigan game. Wow. Number 10. Number 10, Penn State at number 5, Michigan. Michigan, seven-point favorites at home in the big house. Nope. That was weird. Excuse you. A little too tipsy over here. Uh-oh. Um... Fans going 59% with Penn State. That's surprising. Now, uh, I'll just start us off here. I love Penn State. My uncle went there. Therefore, I'm choosing Penn State. Okay. But all I really want to see from this game is I want it to be competitive. I want both teams to look good. And I want both teams to stay ranked in the top 12, top 15, so that Ohio State can have two top 10 wins on their resume come uh, November. That's as an Ohio State fan, that's a good way to do it. Yep. I think. <laughs> I'm going with Michigan, however. <gasps> Michigan. 
Um, I don't know. It's kind of fun when Michigan is good because it makes the game that much better. I would agree. I would agree. I, I Penn State is having kind of a bounce back year, but I still think they're a step down from Michigan, although Mich- Michigan do have their struggles. I think Michigan will win this in a close one at home. Close one at home. I'm just giving them the edge because they're at home. That's a good way to go. Honestly, I think that I'm torn on this game because Penn State is playing well. Are they the real deal? This game will tell us. I just I think it's funny to watch James Franklin fail. I don't know why. <laughs> I just I honestly do. But it's even funnier for me to watch Jim Harbaugh fail. That's true. For that reason, I am choosing Penn State. That's true. Um, I've already said my pick, so I'm not going to change. But Dan brought up two great points. Um, one, the game becomes more important uh, because when Michigan wins, right, the game becomes even that much more. Um, but I kind of want James Franklin to win the game so that Penn State can return to relevance and the Big Ten can become more relevant than the SEC. So, okay. I, uh, yeah. I, it, so it's a toss-up. But you're choosing the Big Ten as a conference over Michigan as a rival. Yes, absolutely. I would argue, as a non-Big Ten native fan, that fo- that college football is more fun when Penn State is good rather than when Michigan is good. Okay. Mm. I would argue that it's better when they're both good. Fair enough. I would agree. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> let's, let's move on to the next game. At 10 a.m. Mountain uh, Standard or Daylight? 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Whichever it Mountain is. Time. Whichever it is. <laughs> on ESPN2, we have number 19 Kansas going to Oklahoma, who is favored by nine points after being winless in the Big 12 through its first three games, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, 0-3 mm-hmm. in the Big 12. 0-3 in the Big 12. <clears throat> do you rock with the Jayhawks, or do you rock with the beautiful uniforms that Oklahoma has put out? Oh, that's true. To honor the first black scholarship player ever in their program. I have not seen those. They're pretty nice. They're kind of like the the smoky grays, but darker, right? They're like a very dark gray, kind of shiny, metallic-y. For me, I do not understand why Oklahoma is nine-point favorites. I understand why they should be favored, because it's at home, and generally they're a lot better than Kansas. But nine points? That's a lot. Yeah, I was going to ask, is Oklahoma just going to be favored every week because they're Oklahoma, (laughs) no matter who they play? When is the market going to catch up? Yeah, (laughs) that's what I'm asking. I, I don't know. I am, again, choosing by principle. This is going to be a bad week for me. I can feel it because there's a lot of principle picks in here. You you are more than free to have a bad week because even if you go 0-10, <laughs> I'm still not going to come back. <laughs> I am picking the Kansas Jayhawks because Rock Chalk Jayhawk, baby! Yeah, if I, if I did not pick Kansas and they won this game against Oklahoma, I could not live with myself. <laughs> so I'm also picking Kansas. Let's, Let's go! go. I feel awful because I was the only one that didn't pick Kansas versus Iowa State. I lost. I was the only one that did pick Kansas versus, uh, versus TCU. TCU. I lost. Now I'm going to be the only one not picking Kansas to beat Oklahoma because the fans, 66% of you guys, also chose Kansas, 59% choosing Penn State on the previous one. I think Oklahoma has to have a bounce-back game eventually. I do think Brett Venables is a good coach. Kansas, we do not know if they will be playing with their starting quarterback, even though it honestly looked like their backup was just as good, if not better, than their starter. Bean. I think it's just, yeah, Bean. His name's Bean. It's just, you know, the new uniforms, honoring the first black player in their program, like, they've got all these things going for them. I just think 
the moment is bigger than Kansas. So give me the Sooners. Okay. I, you know what? I can see that. It's That's about, fair. It's about narratives, right? And storylines. It's about narratives. Okay. Okay. That's respectable. Next up, another Big Ten matchup. This time it's Minnesota, the Golden Gophers, Ooh. traveling to ranked powerhouse <laughs> program Illinois. <laughs> Champagne? Number 24, Ch- Illinois at home are 6.5 underdogs <laughs> to the Golden Gophers. The fans, however, are backing Illinois 75%. What do you guys think? Give me... Illinois in this game. Yo. I think Minnesota's good, and I honestly think Minnesota will win this game. But out of <laughs> principle, I picked Illinois as my Big Ten West champion, and I do think they have to keep going. <laughs> they know how to win ugly, dumb football games, and that's all you need to know in the Big West. Give me the fighting Illini. That's actually very true. Yeah. Um, I love Illinois, and I'm happy that they're good, but... Their starting quarterback is questionable, Tommy DeVito. 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 Um, and their backup quarterback's name is Art Stakowski or something. Yeah. I just I like DeVito more as a name, but without him playing, I think I'm going to have to go with the Golden Gophers. They let me down earlier this season. Let's have them let me down again. Give me Minnesota. I'm going with Minnesota as well. I think they, they've had some bright flashes this season. Also some letdowns, as Jared said. But I think, honestly, they have a much higher ceiling than Illinois, and that will help them get the win. Justin, this is uh, turning out a lot like uh, A lot like last week. week. (laughs) That did not go very well for me. But it will go well this week. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Hey, confidence. That's what it's all about. Confidence, baby. All right. Alabama at Tennessee. People are saying that if Tennessee Tennessee were to win this game, Nayland Stadium would be leveled to the ground. Whew. That's how crazy Tennessee fans are. We saw that with the golf balls at Mustard. We saw the Mustard ball. Yes. Balls. <laughs> so, um, we got Alabama. Seven-point favorites. Bryce Young probably going to play. I think that's what the spread tells me, is that he's going to play, right? Um, fans taking Tennessee. I am also taking Tennessee because principal. All you right. can't pick Alabama. Principal pick. I, again, with the Penn State one, the Kansas one, and now the Tennessee one, I'm going with principal. Give me the Vols. Also, notably, oh. the Volunteers. I may just curse them with what I'm about to say. Okay. But they are the exception to the BYU curse. Mm. You, know, you beat them in 2019, and now look better. at them. <clears throat> they are number six yeah. in the country. <laughs> they fired their coach, though, so does, does the curse go away with the coach? Ah, uh, that's a good point. Mm. That's a good point. I don't know, Nebraska... Nebraska yeah. fired their head coach and still sucked. That's yeah. true. They just fired their second one, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my pick. Tennessee, I'm with the fans, 71% of you. Also choosing Tennessee. Who you got, Dan? This is a, this is a hard one for me. Because I think if there's a time for Alabama to lose in the regular season, now is the time. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, they're having fun, as they say. I don't know if they're running the ball, but <laughs> they can pass the ball <laughs> with Hendon Hooker. But, as a principal pick, I'm picking Alabama. No, <laughs> Nick Saban is a machine. He will not lose this game over his dead body, I think. Even if Bryce Young doesn't play, I think Alabama still wins. I hate hearing Dan choose teams choose against me because his logic makes so much sense. <laughs> you know what I think? I think come this time on Monday, releasing on Tuesday, we will be singing a song. Ooh, Ooh we'll be song. Singing. 
Beautiful day, Alabama lost. They are no longer in the playoff. But the they are always, yeah, they're they're always, always in the playoff. playoff. I don't know. I think Tennessee's going to win this football game. Alabama's been struggling, and I do think Alabama's just like, they're showing, maybe they're, they want to look vulnerable, and then they can just curb stomp Kirby Smart at the end. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that be chestnut checkers. Tennessee has an elite offense. Alabama's defense has kind of been struggling, but more their offense. Give me the Vols. I think the Vols are going to win this game. And also, Alabama's kind of struggled on the road. Like, let's be honest. They're at Arkansas, they were in a tight game. At Texas, they were in a tight game. I don't know. I'm just saying. There's going to be 105,000 people in that stadium. It is going to be loud. I just have to add, if Tennessee loses this game... It'll be one of the funniest things ever <laughs> for Tennessee fans. They're going all out for this one. Um, they kind of need it, I feel like. Yeah. They're desperate for it. it. A win? Yeah. Or, okay. A win against Alabama. Uh, we'll see what happens. But it's, it's too bad this is at the same time as the BYU game. Because it's going to be a fun one. It really is. If I was running the video boards, I would throw this one up on like the ribbon or something. Just yeah. so you can watch it. <laughs> on just the, the ribbon. whole ribbon. <laughs> Just stretch it out. <laughs> it's all stretched. Well, next up on ABC, I don't know if we mentioned this, 71% of the fans chose Tennessee. I think Dan did mention them, my bad. 1.30 p.m. on ABC, we have number 8 Oklahoma State traveling to Fort Worth to take on number 13 TCU, who is favored by four points at home. The fans, 66% of them, chose OK State. Who do you guys got? This is a, this is a fun one. It's nice to have TCU in the top 15. Mm. I did not see that coming. Yeah. Nope. Um, and Oklahoma State has looked vulnerable. However, with Baylor losing today, we need Big 12 wins. We need relevant Big 12 programs nationally. Yes. And in this case, I think we need Oklahoma State to win. Mm. And that's who I'm picking. All right. Dan, I see your logic there. I will raise you uh, a Big 12 team. Okay. And I will pick TCU. All right. But. TCU. This is a uniform pick. I love OK State. I had like a nine-year dynasty where I won eight national championships there in NCAA Football 14. But I'm going with TCU. One, they're the home team. Yes. Two, I trust their quarterback more than I trust Spencer Sanders. Okay. Fair. And three, I don't really care who wins this game. I just want the winner to look very good. Yeah. Because I think the winner of this game will be the front runner for the Big 12 to get into the playoff. And so as whoever wins this game, I want the other one to the losing team to all, to look good, but I want the winning team to look very good so that they can have a shot to break into the playoff. Either way, this is a win-win, right? Like this isn't any of the SEC schools that are leaving. This is two Big 12 teams that are staying, but I'm going to just lean TC on this one. I'm going to have to go with Jared on this one and choose the Ooh. Christians University. Uh, this is going to be a weird week. This is going to be a week where Jared and I catch up to Dan or Dan just solidifies his place in first place. Yeah, this is a scary week. <laughs> this is going to be a weird one. Uh, I do think TCU is just a fast, fun team. They play a fast, fun brand of football. Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders. Uh, it just kind of feels like even if Oklahoma State goes 13-0, the, the media doesn't care. Like, That's true. They're just Oklahoma State. They're Mike Gundy. Nobody gives a rat's A about Oklahoma State for some reason. They've looked really mm. good this season. No one has talked about them whatsoever. Not a soul. So give me TCU in this one just because I think it would be more fun. And their little redhead quarterback is just he's, he's super funny and like completely discombobulated in post-game <laughs> interviews. So, gotta love it. Yes. 
Uh, all right. I like this diversity here. I feel like the last couple of weeks, last week was different, obviously, with Justin. But me. Having, yeah. a, having a week there. Uh, but we've been, like, really uni- unified this year, so I'm excited to see this uh, kind of shake up here. Can I say, I don't want to jinx anything. Hmm. Well, it's too late. <laughs> we've had no sweeps so far. <gasps> True. I don't know how that could jinx something. I feel like there's always a way. But, yeah, none of our picks have been unanimous. That's true. Last week, um, we had two unanimous picks. Maryland, BYU. Oh, both, both of them lost. lost. Both lost. We have to go back and, like, check all our records and see, like, what the record is in unanimous games. Yeah. It's probably below 500. <laughs> Excluding BYU. Yes. Next next episode. Um, <laughs> all right. Also at 1.30, ESPN has got to be kicking themselves over this one. Unranked <laughs> BYU versus unranked Arkansas on ESPN. And what do you have over on the ACC network? Oh, just a little game between number 15 NC State and number 18 Syracuse. This is going to yeah. be a fun one. Um, the fans are choosing NC State. I'm taking Syracuse. I think the orange is a great, great mascot. I've been yeah. drinking this orange Mountain Dew voodoo. Yeah, the can is orange. The, the can drink, is orange. The drink is clear. True. Somehow. Sewer water. Yeah, flavored but clear. One of those drinks. <laughs> uh, but I'm taking Syracuse. Um, honestly, I don't really know why. I just think they play a funner style of offense, and they don't look as ugly. So, give me Syracuse. Give yeah. me Syracuse, too, baby. Ooh. I, I, I'm pretty pumped about this pick. Robert and I got a... Oh, oh okay. Oh. S- something's going on. Syracuse. Uh, <laughs> Syracuse. Syracuse. <laughs> they got... Robert and I is a fun brand of football. Always love to see our BYU guys succeed. NC State, I think Devin Leary is an overrated, like... Steaming piece of garbage. Also, yeah. so we don't know. Oh, that's, that's true. That's true. Okay. So give me Syracuse. Right after I say it, we have our first sweep of the week <laughs> because that's how you. I'm also it. going with Syracuse. <laughs> I think NC State is highly overrated. Syracuse, no one's gonna overrate Syracuse as a football program. <laughs> so that means they must actually be somewhat good, and I think they can beat NC State here. Fear not, the fans have saved us from the sweep, as 65 percent of them chose NC State. Okay. All right. So we, not a clean sweep. We'll, we'll see, right? We'll it's see a if, gentleman it's, if it's us or if it's the fans mm. that is the problem, right? Yeah. It's it's a good if it needs to be a, a full not, sweep. Not, not, or, not a dirty sweep. Yeah, not a dirty sweep. That's a nice term, I guess. Full <laughs> sweep. Sure. Um, <laughs> let's let's move on to 5.30 p.m. ABC. When I first saw this game, I was like, oh, boy. But the spread. Clemson, number four, going to Florida State, three and a half. Ooh. Clemson's only three and a half point favorites. Close one. This one caught my eye. It's like the eye open one where it's like holding his eyes open, the meme. That's me because Clemson should be favored by more than this, I feel like. They've been beating up on bad teams in the third and fourth quarter all season. However, they're only three and a half point favorites. Again, this one for me is a principal pick. Give me the Nemi Souls. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I I cannot choose Clemson in good faith and still go to church on Sundays. So give me Florida State. A man of faith. Um, I was very tempted to choose Florida State because, like you, I love to see Clemson lose. But I remembered their last two games they played NC State and Wake Forest. Don't tell me this. And lost both of them. Don't tell me this, Danny. <laughs> they are clearly not among the top tier of ACC schools, which is not saying much because NC State <laughs> and Wake Forest should not be ranked in any world. But Florida State still lost to them, so I'm going with Clemson and their, once again, cupcake ACC schedule. Danny needs to go before me. So, Dan seems to have a pretty good pulse on the Clemson program, as he predicted them not making the ACC championship last year. True. So, I'm going to go with Dan on this one. I, I have to choose Clemson. I 
I was gonna maybe choose Florida State, but then you know if if I say their mascot out loud, I could get canceled by the the woke police on Twitter. So yep. because of that, give me the Tigers. All right, you can say Tigers out loud. I can say Tigers. Yes. Sixty-two uh, percent of the fans chose Clemson. Clemson suck. Clemson suck. Clemson suck. Next up at 6 p.m., we oh, have baby. an incredible Ooh, game baby. that is going to be a very fun one. Oh. On Fox, actually, so not on the Pac-X network. Thank goodness. We have what? number seven USC traveling to Salt Lake City to take on number 20 Utah, who is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, 71% of the fans have chosen the Trojans to win this one. Who do you guys see taking home the dub? You already know where I'm going to go. I'm going with Usk because Usk. there's no way in heavens or hells that you will see me choose Utah to ever win a football game. Um, even if they're playing Michigan, I will still cheer for Michigan over Utah. Anyway, okay, good. here's my one thought on this game. USC likes to throw the ball, and they are very, very good at it. They have a great offense. Their defense, highly suspect. Highly suspect. Highly suspect, especially their rush defense. Not very good. However, if USC isn't able to pass the ball and score lots of points and the Utes are able to control the game and run the ball, they might have a shot in this one. USC is going to have to get out in front and force the Utes to play catch-up through the air in order for them to mask that deficiency in the rush defense. Do I think that's going to happen? I don't know, but I will not choose Utah. Give me USC. Last week, Utah at UCLA, I picked the Utes to win. I've learned my lesson. <laughs> I'm also going with the USC in this one. I hope Utah loses every week for no reason. But yeah. <laughs> um, as an objective analyst, Completely. I think USC will be the better team and score more points than Utah, thereby winning this game of football. Danny would be a great investigator. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he would be. I honestly think... You know, some, something that you were saying, Jared, is that you know USC has deficiencies that they need to cover up. Utah also has a ton of deficiencies that they, need, they, that they need to cover up. Their bread and butter is dominating on the line of scrimmage. They are unable to do that this year. Mm, yeah. They got bullied Not by UCLA. <laughs> they got bullied against Florida. And I think USC won't bully them, but they'll be able to hold their own ground. So give me USC. Dan's jinx coming completely true with there a clean sweep. Uh, Guys, USC dang it. over What are we going to do? We ruined it. We can't have this, especially not on this game. Uh, what, are, what are we going to do? I mean, I can, I can be the sacrificial lamb if you guys really want, but... I think it's it's in fate's hands at this All point. All right, this will be the test. The Okay, the jinx curse is offset by the hating Utah bonus. Okay. Yeah. So I it's mean, neutral. This, this has happened before, I feel like. Okay. Where we pick Utah to lose and they lose. Yeah. Hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I, I will do I some know. quick research. Not last week because of me, but it's happened. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Uh, yeah, Utah sucks. While Jared does his research, we move on to a 7 p.m. Pac-X Network game where Washington State is traveling to Corvallis to play Oregon State with a three-and-a-half point favorite. 60% of the listeners chose Washington State to win this game. Dan, who do you got winning this one? It's a tricky one for me. I think I like Oregon State more as a program. Yeah. Fair. Their colors are great, especially when they play Oregon, and yep. they get like a college mm. color rush sort of thing. Oh yeah. But I think I'm gonna have to go Washington State. Ooh. I haven't done my research on this one. I feel like I'm missing something, but Washington State has had some good games this season. I think they could win this one. 
Uh, yeah, so I'm with Dan on Wazoo here. What you're missing is the ability to watch the game. Because yes. it's on the Pack X network. That's true. So That's you can true. rest easy. I'm going with Waza in this one. I just think they are a good team. I think they've been highly overlooked by a lot of teams. They obviously couldn't keep up with USC, but they played Oregon really tight. They beat Wisconsin in Madison. Give me Wazuski. Wazuski, the Cougars. On a neutral field, I would pick Wazoo to win this game. Sure. But because it's in Corvallis and it gets dark in the Pacific Northwest mm. early, yes. and this is a 7 p.m. game and it will be dark by halftime. Pack X after dark. Give me Oregon State because they seem to thrive in the Pack X after dark, That's given how true. they won last week's game, which was just an absolute yes. masterclass of Pack X after dark. So give me the Beavers. That was wild. Also, Corvallis, new stadium. Mm. Mm. Maybe they get a bonus for that one. Okay. Yep. I don't know. Vibe check? I don't know. We'll see. That'll be fun. All right. On to the greatest game. Maybe not for an objective fan, but for BYU fans. Yes. By far the greatest game this weekend. Always. Arkansas at BYU. Okay. This game's spread has been wild. Dan was researching this earlier. What were the numbers, Dan, on how the line has moved? Let's see. It started off BYU by 2.5. Yep. Okay. Then it went BYU by 3. Oh, okay. and then it went Arkansas by one point five. I want to say yes. four and a half point swing, and now it's even. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Uh, I think this embodies what everybody's thinking about the game. No one has an idea of what's going to happen. Nobody. Uh, as a BYU fan, I love BYU. I'm a fan of the BYU football team, and I will be choosing BYU. Uh, I think it's going to be a very high scoring affair, like Dan said earlier. I think it will be 41 to 38. Holy cow. Wow, you will really not kick score. two field goals. We will miss a PAT. Oh, yes. almost 80 good, points. Good, good, good. So it's a six six touchdowns, one missed PAT. <laughs> uh, they will score five touchdowns and a field goal. 41 to 38 BYU. All right. I'm also picking BYU. Oh, shocker. There, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it will also be high scoring, but not quite as high scoring as Jared is saying. I think it'll be more like 35 to 30 for BYU. Once again, no field goals because we do not have a kicker. <laughs> I'm going to have to disagree with you guys on the fast sc- on the high scoring portion of this game. I thought you were going to say on the winner. Now it's about- no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, I think this is going to be a slugfest. I think BYU will win this game, but they will win it 28 to 17. Mm-hmm. Here's okay. a quick little nugget for you. BYU has played two teams at home. Two SEC teams at home in this history. Okay. In both those games, they scored 28 points. Oh. Once in a win versus Mississippi State, another time in a loss versus Mississippi State. Oh, wow. So, they've scored 28 points every time. I think that trend continues. BYU wins 28-17. to I wish I'd known that. That's a great stat. Those are, those are vibes. That is a great stat. As long as we score 28 and it is more than the opponent, I'm okay with that one. Me too. Now we got some bad vibes that we need to throw out. We got Ooh. some very bad some vibes. Some hate mail to the 11% of you that did not vote for BYU. Shame. We have some repeat offenders, and we want to call them out. Yes. Uh, dissenters. First off, my cousin Sam Aldis. I, if you're listening, Sam, you are incorrect. I hope. <laughs> uh, he picked BYU to lose against Arkansas. That's what we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next up, Holly Lewis. Mm-hmm. That is a friend of me and Daniel's. Yep, back um, from high school. Back from the high school days. Unfortunately, Holly, you must turn this off now and begin listening next episode. 
suspended until next episode. Yep. Next, we have at Fenway Kid on Instagram. A little story time about him. He was actually one of our first organic followers, like a follower that came from outside of our friends and family. Ooh. He at some point unfollowed us, though, because I just got a notification like a week ago that he followed us again. Oh. So he's back, apparently just a hate. So Fenway Kid. Back with a vengeance. <laughs> don't listen to the rest of this episode. Please listen to the next one. We love you. Mm-hmm. But we hate you right now. You're hereby banished from the rest of this episode. Oh, yes. All, all three minutes of it. Uh, and lastly, Trevor Daniels. Again. Whoever you are. Again. Anyone know who he is? I don't think. Uh, no, I don't think so. I, honestly, I'm about to no block idea. you. Like, every time you're wrong, I'm just going to flame you. Like, <laughs> I am literally just... That, that like video of the guys looking at the phone and running away laughing, I'm just going to use that response to literally everything you send in now, Trevor Daniels. Uh, every time that they are wrong, we should post the screenshot of those who voted Arkansas. <laughs> just kind yes. of like a top ten most wanted list. <laughs> yes. Expose them. Everybody go hate on these people. <laughs> Expose them. Cyber bully them. Um, anyway, any parting thoughts about week seven of college football? It's going to be a fantastic football weekend. Unfortunately, we do have the day game, but it should be okay. We should still win. Um, I will say I'm not going to blame the dissenters given BYU's performance in the last three games. Fair. Four games if you count the Oregon one. Um, but yeah, I, I think BYU will win. I think it's going to be a crazy game. I don't think it will be your normal, typical uh, college football game, nor your normal college football weekend. I think there'll be lots of big upsets, and I'm very excited for Saturday. Yeah, it'll be a very fun weekend. Go to the BYU game, watch the other games, go to the women's soccer game, and pull up those Pac-12 after dark games on your phone. Yep. You don't want to miss a single second of it. Yep. Go to the BYU game if you're interested. Uh, I have an intramural game at 8.15 a.m. the same day, right before the game. Oh. So if you want to get prepped for, fo- for football, show up to the uh, Taylor Herod team. Uh, the, they still won't accept their name change. Uh, we're currently 3-0, about to go 4-0, 8-15, intramural fields. Going to be sick. Let's go. Good vibes. Good vibes. All right. I think that's it. I think we're yeah. good. I don't know. <laughs> I think so. Go good Commanders, day. right, Dan? Go Commanders. They're and now go what, two and four or something. The commies, bro. Let's go. NFC Beasts. Carson, NFC Beasts. Carson Wentz still undefeated on Thursday. Yeah, 7-0. Uh, still undefeated when throwing blindside blocks on yes. a sweet play. Yes. That was awesome. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. If you listen to this point in the episode, comment the word painting on our latest Instagram post. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod. Follow Jared at Jared Buckeye on Twitter as well. You will be able to find the Weekend Watch Guy there and most importantly on the website royalstrongandtrue.com. Make sure you're visiting, make sure you're sharing it with your friends, make sure you're sharing the episode with your friends as well. We appreciate you listening to the episode with us. We love you, and we'll see you, hopefully, after a BYUW. Thank you. Goodbye now.